is here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Number 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you've been here all week, all month, all year, all decade. Because we have led this battle, have we not? We have laid this out. We have said what's unconstitutional, the abuses of power from day one. We knew right after the election they would seek to impeach this president. I'm not going to play the audio. We've done that before or to criminalize his presidency. We knew back in early May of 2017 what was taking place, the domestic eavesdropping, the FISA abuses, the unmasking, the involvement of the FBI. We laid it all out right here despite the abuses that we took. I've been pointing out now for some time, you cannot indict a sitting president. I dug up the two old um, uh, memoranda each memorandum, one from 1973, one from 2000, laying out the Department of Justice's case, that you cannot indict a sitting president, and in fact, all that's involved in even uh, bringing through the criminal processes was something that the Department of Justice said as its official position would undermine the presidency, would undermine the president, and would substitute uh, a prosecutor's power and the power of a pettit and grand jury Uh, with the power of Congress should it come to impeachment. That is, the people, through the body politic, need to make the decision on whether a president is to leave office, not a prosecutor with his own agenda. I talked about uh, this being an impeachment investigation early on, not really a criminal investigation, although if they think they could get away with an indictment, they would and will. Uh, uh, But in, in the end, this was about impeachment. Uh, We talked about those 49 questions, those 49 areas, and it was obvious that no crime had been committed, no criminal statute was mentioned, (coughs) excuse me, and then in fact, no obstruction had taken place of any kind, and the investigation that this Justice Department has wanted to do, this Justice Department has done without any interference from this president. So then it got down to the intention of the president to want to obstruct justice, getting into the presidential prerogatives. That is the president's right to fire or hire whomever he wants for any damn reason he wants. And as we said many, many months ago, he cannot be charged with obstruction of justice. We have laid this out, ladies and gentlemen, day after day, month after month, as these attacks have come. And I hope you've been with us through all this. I hope you've been with us through all this. You and I together have been very prescient about this, not because we're geniuses, but because we understand what's taking place. And when you study the Constitution and study the law, and when you've had experience at the Justice Department for many, many years at the highest levels, you know what's going on. Now, why am I bringing all this up? Because we're taking the next step. You heard about this federal judge in the Eastern District, so-called, of Virginia. What it is is a federal courthouse in Old Town, Alexandria. They have what's called the rocket docket. It's one of the fastest dockets in the country. They pride themselves, these federal district judges, on moving their cases quickly. They demand quick briefings, uh, oral arguments, and then of themselves they demand um, to issue opinions relatively quickly. Because, you see, they understand that whatever they do will go on appeal anyway. 
What's particularly important about this particular federal district is it handles the cases that come out of the Pentagon, because that's where the Pentagon is. It handles the cases that come out of the CIA, because that's where the CIA is. It handles the cases that come out mostly with federal contractors, because that's where most of them reside. It handles very sophisticated spy cases and intelligence cases. It knows how to handle uh, information in a very uh, sensitive way. And so now we have the case of Paul Manafort. Paul Manafort, you know I've been tracking this very carefully, which I will prove to you in a minute, made the argument in a civil aspect of the case in the District of Columbia, where they brought a civil case saying that Mr. Mueller's operating outside of his, of his mandate uh, and that the mandate that was assigned to him has nothing to do with the allegations that they have brought, the charges that they have brought against Mr. Manafort. Uh, the judge at the time seemed... Um, Somewhat skeptical, although somewhat intrigued, and in the end, she did what most liberal judges do, uh, got the answer wrong. Now, it was brought up again in context of the criminal charges against Manafort, this time in the Rocket Docket Eastern District Federal District. And it's a little bit more compelling because now here you have uh, an issue of liberty or not. That is criminal case. Criminal case is much different. And so uh, the same arguments were raised by the Manafort team, and they got a completely different response from the federal judge. I don't know if it'll hold. I hope he carries through. We'll see. But before we get into that, you've heard others talk about it, but you haven't heard others talk about it actually know what they're talking about. You've heard others talk about it. I will get to it. But before we get to that, it is crucially important that I lay the foundation, because that's what lawyers do. February 23, 2018. February 23, 2018. Six weeks ago, I was watching what they were doing to Manafort. Piling up charges. Piling up charges. Piling up charges. And here's what I said in part. Cut 20, go. This does not alter my commitment to defend myself against the untrue, piled up charges contained in the indictments against me. I'm starting to have admiration for this Paul Manafort. I'm starting to have admiration for this. Now, let's stop right. Had you heard a single other person say that February 2018? Single mother, TV host, radio host, lawyer, not one, because they're all cowards. Now, wow, look at this case. That's why I hope you stick here. Anyway, this was uh, related to a deal that his partner, Gates, made uh, to plead on some such thing in order to get a... a, uh, a softer sentence. And this is where Manafort put out a statement saying, hey, 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 I'm not ready to buckle. Go ahead. He's the one guy who hasn't buckled. And they are trying to brutalize him. They're trying to punish him. They've now brought indictments in two jurisdictions, Washington, D.C. and Virginia. They're going to have to figure out how to, how to deal with that. FBI agents at the direction of the special counsel and his team of Democrats... As you well know, charged in the Manafort apartment with guns drawn at 6 a.m. in the morning while he and his wife are sleeping in bed. You do that for mobsters, you do that for terrorists, you don't do it for accused white-collar crimes. They're leaking relentlessly to their friends in the media who hate Trump and would do anything to try and bring Trump down. 
And, of course, Manafort is well-known as a Republican lobbyist. Again, he was Trump's campaign chairman. He's got these foreign deals and so forth and so on. You look at how this man's being treated versus how Hillary Clinton's been treated. I'm quite serious. Look how Hillary Clinton's been treated. Cover-up, obstruction, destruction of information. Look how she's been treated. And look how this guy's been treated. And you know what he's saying? He's saying, federal government, Mr. Mueller, your 16 Democrats, including this guy Weissman, who should have been disbarred years ago, in my humble opinion, your FBI agents, I'm not buckling. If I go broke, I'm going to fight you. At least so far, most men could not withstand this. And most of the men who've been ensnared in this phony investigation haven't withstood it. Now remember, this is from February 23, 2018. We're going to continue because I'm laying a foundation for what happened in court today. Go ahead. For deals. They're prepared to serve time in prison just to get it over with. Manafort says, this does not alter my commitment to defend myself against the untrue piled up charges contained in the indictments against me. I can be like every other radio host in America, every other TV host in America, who claims to be a Republican or conservative or something of that sort, and just sit quietly while this is taking place. This is an absolute abuse of power. Again, you see, ladies and gentlemen, I'm live again. I was so furious, not only that this was being done, but there was an absence of defense among almost any of my colleagues. I know, I tell you the, the raw truth. Go ahead. Again, even without knowing all the details, the manner in which this prosecution's been handling, and I've seen a hundred of them, I've seen a thousand of them, is way out of line. You got 17 prosecutors, in essence, focused primarily on one American citizen. And what did he do? What caused all of this to be triggered? Something that happened five years ago? His failure to register bureaucratically? Some tax investment he may have had? I don't know. But all of a sudden, he's public enemy number one. Three years ago, we never heard of the guy. Three years ago, he was still doing whatever he was doing. The IRS knew, the FBI knew, the Department of Justice knew. Nothing but this. All of a sudden, he's public enemy number one. With 17 prosecutors on his tail. And God knows how many FBI agents. Could any American withstand such Soviet-style tactics? I'm quite serious about this. Could any of these prosecutors withstand such an anal exam of their records, of their sworn statements, their bank accounts, their tax returns, their interactions? How many of these 17 prosecutors could withstand such scrutiny? How many members of Congress could withstand such scrutiny? Could Mr. Mueller withstand such scrutiny? How about Mr. Comey? How about Hillary Clinton? We don't have to claim that we know much about Manafort or that we're special pleaders for, for Manafort, but I am a special pleader for justice. There's right and there's wrong. And these are mobster-like bully tactics trying to break another human being by destroying his wealth, by controlling his movements, by targeting his family members. Remember? Remember? Targeting his lawyer, 
targeting his spokesperson. And for what? I remember when I did this, and there was the silence of the uh, lambs out there. And um, one of my fellow talk show hosts wrote me and said, why are you doing this? You don't know if the man's innocent or guilty. And I said, you don't get it. At this point, it's not even a question of that man is innocent or guilty. It's a question of what our government's turning into. Why am I the only singer? Where's the chorus? You heard the chorus all day today, right? Talking about the opinion, how wonderful it is and something. You don't just get an opinion that's wonderful. You have to fight months and months in advance, weeks in advance, to get to the right result. Do we have time for the second part of this, Rich? 21, go. They've charged him with hundreds of years of jail time should he lose his court case. And yet this guy, Manafort, has yet to cry uncle. Now, what's the likelihood he might actually be innocent? Do you really stand against the, the federal government and its unlimited resources and its abuse of power if you're guilty or do you try and cut a deal? You really stand so solidly when you know if there's a case, you're going to be tried in either Alexandria, Virginia, under the rocket docket, or you're going to be tried in Washington, D.C., where you have to assume most of the jurors did not support Donald Trump and you were his campaign manager, which is why a lot of these prosecutors bring cases in D.C. to begin with. If you honestly don't believe you're innocent, would you really risk everything rather than cutting a deal? And here's the bottom line. They want Manafort to do to Donald Trump what apparently is being done to Manafort. If he were to say to Mueller or Weissman, these two punks, if he were to say to them, I'll give you Trump, what do you want? They would take care of him in a second. In a second. They don't have a case against Trump. They don't have collusion. They don't have any of it. So they're destroying everyone and anything around them. And if they can get their hands on Jared Kushner through his business dealings, they'll do that too. Let me ask you a question. You're President of the United States. You're trying to deal with North Korea. You're trying to deal with Iran. You're trying to deal with China and Russia. Now remember, this is, this is from February 23, 2018. Go ahead. States. You got one horrific event after another you're trying to deal with, like in Florida and so forth. In the meantime, you're trying to press your agenda, the agenda you were elected on, running for President of the United States. And day in and day out, day in and day out, you are hounded and hounded and hounded by a prosecutor without portfolio. Your family's hounded. Donald Trump Jr., Kushner, your family's hounded. And the media give voice to all of it. No longer do the media believe in checking the government, not when the government is going after their favorite, hated politicians. Then they're the mouthpieces of such prosecutors. We all know what's going on here. We all know what's going on here. So let me be the first and ask the cowards to follow behind me in saying that I have a growing admiration for this man. If he's found guilty of something, he's found guilty of something. If he eventually pleads, he eventually pleads. But I'm going to tell you something. He's out, held out longer than anybody else. And even today, in the face of these piled-on indictments, he says, 
I am not going to alter my commitment to defend myself against the untrue piled-up charges containing the indictments against me. I say fight on, Mr. Manafort. If you're an innocent man, fight on. Now, I'll explain this in more detail related to the opinion after the break, but if there's any other host out there that did this in February or earlier, they ought to play it. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. and your liberty because anybody can get ensnared in something like this notice nobody's talking about Kanye West today nobody's talking about him why is that I thought this was such a profound cultural issue how do you drop it so quickly as I told you they would last week let me tell you about me and I only have about 40 seconds right now there are some nights I cannot sleep Mr. Producer will tell you, he gets emails 3, 4 in the morning. There are some nights I cannot sleep. I sweat the details of this stuff. I go to my research. I go to my books. I try, try and figure out ways to address this. Ways to, to push back against this tyranny. Arguments I can make. An influence, perhaps, I can have on the radio or TV. And I think it's starting to turn. But I want to continue on this issue. With what took place in the courthouse in Virginia today. I'll be right back. With a daily fake news dump pouring through your TV, mobile phones and computers, you may have missed some real news like the recent study in the journal Cell Metabolism. Scientists suspected a correlation between growing rates of obesity and processed foods, but what this study discovered was that these foods also appear to lead people to overeat. Here's the bottom line. You need fresh fruits and vegetables in your diet, which is why I recommend that you start taking Field of Greens by Brickhouse Nutrition. Just one scoop of Field of Greens has a full serving of real USDA-certified organic fruits and vegetables. It helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. This is real food, not some fake supplement lab powder. Just read the Nutrition Facts panel on the side. Go to BrickhouseLevin.com, that's BrickhouseLevin.com, and you'll get 15% off your first order with the offer code LEVIN. You know you're not going to start cooking fresh fruits and vegetables, so let's not pretend. Just get one full cup of fruits and one full cup of vegetables every day with Field of Greens. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, BrickHouseLevin.com, offer code LEVIN. Blasting conservative fire. The Mark Levin Show. Call in now at 877-381-3811. All right, now we laid the predicate. Now let's get into it. CNN. A federal judge expressed deep skepticism Friday in the bank fraud case brought by special counsel Robert Mueller's office against former Trump campaign chairman Paul Manafort. At one point saying he believes that Mueller's motivation is to oust President Donald Trump from office. Although Mueller's authority has been tested in court before, Friday's hearing, and that is a civil case in D.C., has nothing to do with a criminal case in Virginia. Friday's hearing was notable for District Judge T.S. Ellis's decision to wade into the divisive political debate around the investigation. I'm reading this from CNN for a reason. Fox has a much more honest assessment. But CNN 
talking about a judge wading into the political division. He's not wading into the political division. He's the judge. He's not writing an op-ed. Quote from the judge. You don't really care about Mr. Manafort's bank fraud, Ellis said to prosecutor Michael Dreben, at times losing his temper, the judge losing his temper. Ellis said prosecutors were interested in Manafort because of his potential to provide material that would lead to Trump's, quote, prosecution and impeachment, unquote, Ellis said. That's what you're really interested in, he said. It was appointed by President Reagan. Well, then I guess he must be partisan like the uh, Obama judges. Ellis repeated his suspicion several times in the hour-long court hearing. He said he'll make a decision at a later date about whether Manafort's case can go forward. We don't want anyone in this country with unfettered power, he said. It's unlikely you're going to persuade me the special prosecutor has power to do anything he or she wants, Ellis told Dreeben. The American people feel pretty strongly that no one has unfettered power, quote-unquote. Isn't that true? Why should that be shocking? But it is shocking to us, right? Because we see setback after setback and setback. And at least initially, you go, wow, finally there's a judge who gets it. When Dreeben answered Ellis's question about how the investigation and its charges dated back to before Trump, his campaign even formed, the judge shot back, none of that information has to do with information related to Russian government coordination and the campaign of Donald Trump. Which, of course, we've been saying, I don't know how long. At one point, Ellis posed a hypothetical question, speaking of he were, as if he were the prosecutor, about why Mueller's office referred a criminal investigation about Trump's personal attorney, Michael Cohen, to New York authorities and kept the Manafort case in Virginia. They weren't interested in it because it didn't further our core effort to get Trump, Ellis said, mimicking a prosecutor in the case. Here's his point. You're going after Manafort for bank fraud, mail fraud, wire fraud, failing to register as a foreign agent and so forth. Nothing related to Russia. Why didn't you give that case to the U.S. attorney in Virginia? You gave the uh, Cohen case to the U.S. attorney in the Southern District of New York. The judge said, why would you keep the one and not the other? Because you want Trump. That's what he said. You either want to impeach him or indict him. And of course he's right. They weren't interested in it. Mueller's prosecutors will have to turn over a full, unredacted version of the August 2 memo that Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein used to describe the criminal allegations Mueller's team could investigate, Ellis ordered. The judge said he would like to see the full memo, which prosecutors submitted to the court in Virginia and in Washington, D.C. for another case against Manafort with more than a page of redactions. Judge said, I don't want your redactions. I'm the judge. I want to see the whole damn memo. This whole battle is over your authority. I want to see what authority was granted to you in that memo. Well, we're going to redact this whole page like hell you are. The visible part of the memo says Mueller should investigate allegations about Manafort's financial relationship with former Ukrainian politicians. And then he may have assisted Russia with attempts to interfere in the presidential election. The redacted portion appears to outline several other legs of the ongoing Russian probe. Ellis said prosecutors may present the full classified memo to him under seal without showing Manafort its additional details in two weeks. 
Mueller's prosecutors have argued this memo gives them the authority to bring cases against Manafort related to his work in Ukraine reaching back more than a decade before he joined the Trump campaign. Judge says, okay, let's see it. Now, Manafort is charged in Virginia with financial violations related to his lobbying work in Ukraine prior to joining Trump's 2016 campaign. Prosecutor Dreeben said they had to follow the money, quote unquote. Boy, what a sharpie he is. And find Manafort's contacts with Russians through Ukrainian work and his financial dealings as part of their investigation. D.C. District Judge, okay, blah, blah, blah. Now, they don't go on on CNN because they leave out a very, very important fact that is in the Fox uh, uh, write-up, which is why I read the CNN one, so you could see how CNN operates. Do you know that Mr. Mueller went into the U.S. Attorney's Office in the Eastern District of Virginia, where Mr. Manafort lives, where all the action took place, to get information from that office to use and part or whole against Mr. Manafort. And the judge said, well, why wouldn't the U.S. attorney in Virginia handle this case? Bank fraud, wire fraud, all these things happening in Virginia. You have a full complement of prosecutors and investigators in the United States Attorney's Office in Virginia. Has anyone explained this to you? In Virginia... Why are you assuming authority over this? I mean, you're reaching back into the office of a U.S. attorney. What does that have to do with your mandate? Oh, follow the money. Okay, I want to see your mandate. I want to see what you are supposed to be doing. You're not above the law. You don't have unfettered power. And so he will see the memo, I suppose, Unless the, uh, the special counsel's office decides that, no, he's not going to see it and takes it to the Fourth Circuit Court of Appeals and then all the way up to the Supreme Court. But what's good about this now is the prosecutors are on defense, as they should be. But how, ladies and gentlemen? By using the law and the Constitution against them. By using the law and the Constitution against them. And when you have a judge, I don't know what this judge is going to do. Maybe he'll flip and flop and flip and flop. I don't know. But here we are today, and I have to analyze it based on today's events. But apparently he was not happy. Apparently he kind of smells a dead fish here. And, of course, his point is right. Why would they cut off the part dealing with Michael Cohen and send that to the Southern District? But the part dealing with Manafort that has nothing to do with the campaign, keep it. And the answer is obvious to everyone. Unless you're liberal and blinded by your hate and obsessions. They wanted to hold it because they are trying to destroy Manafort. They want him to turn on Trump. And what did I say in February? Maybe he has nothing to give them. By the way, that February exposition that I played for you, we have them earlier where I'm saying, talking about Manafort. Again, I'm not a character witness for the guy. I'm just observing like you. But you can draw some conclusions from it. You can draw some conclusions from it. He believes he's an innocent man, and he may well be. And there's nothing to give him on Trump. What's to give him? And as Trump pointed out today, he was only with me a few months. This is diabolical. But this whole enterprise has been called into question. 
putting aside what took place in the courthouse today. This whole enterprise has been called into question by me. And I want to say to Sean Hannity, when I was on his program for seven minutes last night on the Fox News channel, at least when I come on, he does, for me, a spectacular job of letting me speak, letting me explain what's taking place. And outstanding host, absolutely outstanding. And he went back himself. How far, Rich? June, I think it was. June 2017, on his show. Of course, on mine too, but on his TV show. Where I dug up early one morning those two memorandum. Memoranda, plural. People are confused. Issued by the Office of Legal Counsel to the Attorney General in two different administrations, the Nixon and Clinton administrations. And I studied both of them. And I went back and looked at the main Supreme Court cases they cite, particularly the 2001. So I read the decisions. I go back and look at the arguments. I have mental battles with myself over the arguments. Because I want to be right with my own integrity on how I analyze these things. And it was obvious to me that this entire enterprise is unconstitutional. And so I've been trying for a year to get that point out. You can't indict a sitting president. You can't indict a sitting president. Now the Supreme Court might do what a Supreme Court does in reverse course and say, no, the Department of Justice must be able to indict a sitting president, even though the Department of Justice says it mustn't indict a sitting president. We get weird stuff like that. I can't control that. That's not the point. I'm just using my noggin. I'm just using my noggin. Well, if you can't indict a sitting president then you can't set him up to be indicted either. And you can't force him into a situation where you plan to indict him. And you can't take his time to ask him questions that have as their only purpose to indict him. Not to uncover any original crime, not to uncover any obstruction, which I talked about the other day. I see no evidence of obstruction. Do you? We talked about it last week. Where's the obstruction? We talked about it the week before. Obstructed what? Who's stopping anyone from doing anything? Nobody. And then we get to the intent. Did he intend to obstruct? That's enough. Mr. Mueller, that's enough. We don't care what Jeffrey Tubin, the illegally challenged legal analyst at CNN has to say. He's a propagandist. We don't care what any of these people have to say. Have any of them been right about anything? Any of these vaunted legal analysts? Are they legal analysts because they're really, really good? No, because they're in the tank. Conga line of lawyers, lawyers, thousands of them on TV, one after another after another. Know nothing about independent counsel. Know nothing about the Constitution. None of them brought up these memos. Not what? Now they're all walking around with them. I got it. Many of them have asked me to send it to them. I have. Even today, I heard somebody on the radio say, did you know you can't indict a sitting president? I said, oh, really? Where'd that come from? Well, this article that was written. Oh, okay. Got it. But I'm going to continue to do this. Dig and dig. We're going to try and stay five, heads again, uh, five steps ahead of this prosecutor, ladies and gentlemen. That's what we're going to try and do. I think we'll achieve it. I don't know, how, I don't know where this is going to go. Uh, 
We'll play a little bit of what I said on Hannity last night because I very much want the president and his lawyers to be listening to me, and I think they are. No, I haven't had back-channel communications, but I don't need to because they watch, they watch Fox. We'll be right back. in. Seven women have come forward against Charlie Rose, Mr. Producer. He's getting up there in Bill Cosby land, isn't he? I'm sure some TV enterprise will want to hire the guy. Don't you think? Oh, I think so. Somebody will want to hire. I have some one guy in mind who might want to hire. But I'll leave it at that. You know, more than one million children became victims of identity theft in 2017. And families paid $540 million out of pocket to cover the cost of the fraud. Kids' identities are worth tons on the black market. Thieves open accounts and parents don't find out for years. Often when they apply for financial aid for college, it's horrific. With school and medical records now digitized and even young kids routinely online, the risk is growing faster than ever. But you don't need to worry. You can protect your family right now with My ID Care. My ID Care covers you for the nine types of identity theft, including child ID theft, with great family plans. And they provide a 100% identity recovery guarantee or your money back. That's the difference between My ID Care from the other guys. You need top tier identity recovery, and they stand by it with their guarantee. You and your kids need protection, and you need My ID Care. Learn more and get 15% off, my, off, off at MyIDCare slash Mark. MyIDCare slash Mark. Or call 886, check that, 866-334-3084. 866-334-3084. Once again, 866-334-3084. MyIDCare.com slash Mark. This is the best, folks. That's why I moved to my ID care myself and moved my family. That's why they're a sponsor in this program. That's why they represent hundreds of, of major corporations that have now decided to represent individual customers like you and me. So I want to strongly encourage you to check them out. You need to defend yourself against identity theft and cyber attacks of this sort. It's 866-334-3084. Steve. Oakdale, Connecticut, XM Satellite. Go. Yes, sir. Uh, I wanted to thank you for taking my call. Yes, sir. I wanted to comment uh, on the fact that the Mueller investigation, the the way they went after Flynn and they destroyed him, the Strokes specifically, who investigated the Clinton scandal. And Mr. Strokes after- should be in prison. He should be at Marion Federal Penitentiary, and he should be in a cell with a guy. Uh, anyway, go ahead. He didn't go after any of the little fish in the Clinton investigation and turn the screws to them, the ones that smashed the Blackberries, the ones that sent lower classified emails to her by direction knowing it was wrong. He didn't turn the screws to them to get to her. And now they're going after Manafort and destroying him and his life and trying to bury him and his family. Yeah, because they want Trump. Because ultimately they want to bury Trump. But they abandoned little fish to big fish when they did. Listen to me. Listen to me. If Manafort would give them Trump, whatever that means, just even make an allegation that they can that they can try and put meat on. They would take care of Mr. Manafort. The judge is right. Let's just hope the judge uh, 
sticks to his guns. I've seen judges like this before. They cower after a period of time. I'm not saying this one will. I'm rooting for him. Me too, sir. All right, brother. You take care of yourself. Kim, Scottsdale, Arizona, Sirius Satellite. How are you? I'm good. I love your show. Thank God you're talking about this. Sean Hannity's talking about this. I am so apoplectic with our Congress, our Speaker of the House. What about Kanye West? What happened to him today? Yeah, he's been silenced. But you know what? The thing that just frosts me, I cannot, I'm just apoplectic about this. It's like, where is the Congress? Mm-hmm. Why aren't they demanding that this Rosen... Whoa, 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 whoa. Kim, you know where Congress is. They're all over TV, the Democrats, attacking the president. And where are the four Mouseketeers on the Senate Judiciary Committee, the Republicans? Remember what those four Republicans did with the Democrats? Yeah, they're, they're nowhere. They're, no, no, they voted to protect Mueller. They yeah. voted to protect Mueller, not the Constitution, not individuals, not the nation. They voted to protect Mueller. Can you believe that? There's something really wrong. Yes, yeah, really, sick. Really wrong. And and between and we got we got a couple of dimwits in Arizona. We got you know the Jeff Flake. No, there's the dimmest of the dims. Yeah, he is a dimwit. And then you have John McCain, where I don't know what planet that guy's on. But he needs to Well, honestly, down. I don't attack him anymore. No, I'm not going to get into that. When somebody's suffering, I don't, I don't, I don't pound them, pound away. Uh, he, his career is his career in the Senate. I disagree with a lot of it, but I'm not going to, uh, uh, I'm not going to trash John McCain right now. Somebody's on the floor, their backs against the wall. I'm not going to, I'm not going to try and hurt them further. We'll be right back. From the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. I want to thank CNS. Wonderful, wonderful website. Breitbart, Fox News Insider, Conservative Review, and the other handful of uh, sites out there that have linked to my comments last night about you cannot indict a sitting president, which I've said again and again and again and again. And the reason why it's important to get this out there, ladies and gentlemen, is so the public can understand this. Whatever the Supreme Court does one day, should it reach there, we can't control We don't know how five justices are going to go. I mean, at least four of them are out of their minds. So we take it as the, we we look at the playing field the way it is from a legal perspective. Now, I told you Sean Hannity is a class act. He's a class act in his personal life, and he's a very brave man because they're trying to destroy him. Media Matters is trying to destroy him. There's a funded, coordinated campaign that's been going on to try and take him out because he's the number one host in cable. In fact, he has the number one show in cable. And he's defeating Rachel Maddow regularly, both in overall audience and in demo. 
So now they're going after his real estate investments. Have they gone after any host's investments anywhere for anything? Do we even know what their investments are? Of course not. So what they're hoping is to do is to trigger an investigation or something, uh, create a cloud over his his character and so forth, but they can't. Because I know the guys, as clean as can be. And there are also people in this business who look at it as an, an opportunity to try and trash a competitor. And I stand with Sean, and he's excellent. But I'm going to give you an example of his integrity and his intellectual integrity, too. I was on a show last night. He said, you know, you've been talking about you can't indict a sitting president. Would you come on and talk about it? I said, all right, I'll come on and talk about it right after the radio show. And I hope many of you watched it. And the way he set this up was a real class act. You will almost never hear any other, certainly radio host, do it. So let's listen to a few minutes of that because, again, we're walking through the issues that are relevant to us, relevant to the republic, and we, the American people, own this country. We, the American people, own this Justice Department. We own the courtroom that judges in, and we own the rooms that are used by that prosecutor. We own the whole damn thing. It belongs to us. and We must never forget it. People sit around as spectators, or they, where do we, you, Levinites, we don't sit around as spectators. We are engaged. And so every damn platform I'm on, everyone I can get on, I'm going to make the case for the American people. I'm going to make the case for constitutional government. Because when we lose it, you lose it. If a prosecutor can do this to wealthy men who've been around for decades and all of a sudden pull a trigger and the next thing you know, they're pleading to crimes, they're losing their families, they're losing their homes, they're losing their money, they can do it to you, the little guy, in two seconds. Two seconds. You've got to be in the vanguard here. You've got to be in the vanguard. This is our country. It's not theirs. They don't own it. Mr. Mueller doesn't own it. The jekylls that he has on his staff, they don't own it. Neither do these snarky, pusillanimous, low IQ fools on TV, on MSNBC and CNN. They don't either. Hannity last night on Fox. Let's begin. Cut one, go. All right, as Mueller's witch hunt continues, you might remember the great one, Mark Levin, right here on this show last summer, explaining the DOJ policy that says a sitting president cannot be indicted. This is something the media kind of forgets. Take a look. It's been the position of the United States Department of Justice under Republicans and Democrats in a 1973 memorandum and an October memorandum under the Clinton administration that you must not, cannot indict a sitting president. Not that this president would be. That's not my point. As a matter of constitutional interpretation for 44 years. That's been the position of the Department of Justice. We've had law professors, homeless people, would-be law professors, all over TV and radio talking about obstruction of justice. We've had media types talking about it. We've had members of Congress talking about it. It doesn't matter. The official position of the Justice Department is we don't charge a sitting president with a crime. Now, Mark reiterated that point on this show just a few weeks ago. You may remember A sitting president's amenability to indictment and criminal prosecution, the indictment or criminal prosecution of a sitting president would unconstitutionally undermine the capacity of the executive branch to perform its constitutionally assigned functions. 
page after page after page saying a sitting United States president cannot be indicted. Now, my question is this. Did they issue another memo over there at the Justice Department reversing these two memos during the Nixon administration and the Clinton administration? No. He joins us himself with reaction, the host of CRTV's Levin TV, the host of Life, Liberty and Levin, the number one show Sunday nights, 10 Eastern, right here on the Fox News Channel. I call him the great one. Uh, Mark Levin, I wanted to play that again because, as usual, on legal matters, you're ahead of the curve. You are a constitutional attorney and are lazy, overpaid liberal activists that call themselves journalists are wrong like 99 percent of the time. So I want to go through this legally tonight and give you the opportunity to explain it to them yet again. All right, Sean, this is not me speaking. This is the Department of Justice speaking. And the position of the Justice Department has not been repealed and has not been amended since uh, the, the last decision on October 16, 2000. The president of the United States, this is getting way too complicated and unnecessarily so. You've got a lot of second tier slip and fall lawyers all over TV spewing things they don't know. They don't understand the Constitution. They haven't studied the cases. I have. First of all, this opinion says, among other things, that grand juries and prosecutors cannot supplant Congress. They cannot supplant Congress. The only way to remove a sitting president is through the impeachment process not through the indictment process. They cannot disable or hamstring a presidency, which is what they're trying to do as I speak. A prosecutor cannot trigger the 25th Amendment. The 25th Amendment is the purpose is not to be triggered by a prosecutor, and he can't step in and try and take advantage of it. These are things that were discussed. The president cannot properly defend himself in litigation under the Constitution as an individual American uh, when he has time that he has to spend on official duties. Unlike uh, so many other individuals, a president of the United States, they point out, is so unique in our constitutional system that it is enormously damaging to him because he can't focus on his defense, which is different than civil litigation, and he can't focus during that time on the nation's security and well-being. And the presidency can't function properly with these kinds of burdens. This is what the memo says. He cannot be indicted as a sitting president, period. This is why, despite all the pablum about what presidents have received subpoenas before, tell me, name one president who's ever been before a federal grand jury. There's never been a president in front of a federal grand jury. Ken Starr's team subpoenaed Bill Clinton for having, among other things, not sex so much with an intern in the Oval Office, but lying about litigation that was taking place. And uh, he was subpoenaed and he decided to do a video. I know most house has to play audios of everybody else, and I don't like playing audios of myself, quite frankly. It doesn't come off right, but the substance is important, and I want to advance the cause. Trust me on this. I want to advance the cause. Here's the second half of a cut to go. So here's my advice to the president of the United States who didn't seek it and to his lawyers. Focus. You're making this too complicated. The Constitution is on the side of the president. The Department of Justice's own position, which you can brief yourselves, is on the side of the president of the United States. Historical precedent is on the side of the president of the United States. Legal precedent is on the side of the president of the United States. Stop listening to all the babbling, the, you know, pleading the fifth. And should he sit down with a subpoena? I would say if I were the president's lawyer to Mr. Mueller, we want you to present us 
with an explanation of your defiance of the Department of Justice policy, which you are required to follow as an employee of the Department of Justice. Moreover, we want to understand how it is that you believe that you can burden a president like this while he's in office. While I'm at it, Sean, we seem to have a few Republicans in the Senate who are very confused about these things, who have voted to protect Mr. Mueller rather than protect the office of the presidency, the Constitution, the, uh, and the American people. And they seem to think that they have the power, even though they, we have separation of powers, to tell a president who we can hire and who we can fire. Uh, the part of the problem the president has is he's dealing with ignoramuses, both inside his party and outside his party, and some of whom are dressed up as lawyers. So I would take this all the way to the United States Supreme Court. I would make Mueller and his band of Democrat prosecutors make their case all the way to the United States Supreme Court. Uh, if they try to subpoena him uh, in any way to appear before a federal grand jury and make them make their case against their own Department of Justice, against Supreme Court precedent and against the Constitution of the United States. And if it takes six months, it takes six months. And if it takes six years, then by God, it takes six years. We're not just talking about the president, which would be enough. We're talking about protecting the office of the presidency, separation of powers. And when you look at those 49 areas of questions, there's not a single criminal statute. There's not a single obstruction. What has been obstructed? They're not investigating Russia? What is it that they're not investigating that they don't want to investigate? No. They want to know his intent on whether he obstructed. They want to, they want to treat him like they treated Martha Stewart. Well, guess what? He's the president, Mr. Mueller. This isn't one of your failed anthrax cases or one of your failed Whitey Borger cases. This is the president of the United States. You know what that means? We the people have a stake in this. We the people get to decide. The framers decided the only way you remove a president is through the body politic, through the House and the Senate. And it's a heavy burden, not by some rogue prosecutor with a bunch of Democrat prosecutors. They don't get to do it. And the people need to rise up and demand, demand that this go all the way to the Supreme Court to put these rogue prosecutors in their place. Mark Lovin. indicted, according to the Department of Justice, for whom Mr. Mueller works and Mr. Rosenstein work, works, then what's the purpose of the investigation? To get to the bottom of what took place in the election? Clearly not, based on those 49 question areas uh, that were provided to the media, and we went over some of them. As I said, the day they came out. And so... You're going to question the president to try and get him in some kind of a process crime? Does anybody know when that's ever happened before? You know, the problem with Bill Clinton is he actually committed perjury in a deposition where a federal judge was sitting there and later held him in contempt of court for which he lost his license. That hasn't happened to Donald Trump. There's no comparison. It's no parallel. Remember why Bill Clinton got in trouble because he tried to fix the outcome of a, of a case in which he was a defendant. He had many ways to defend himself. One of the ways Dershowitz has talked about, because Dershowitz, I guess, was trying to advise him, or did, was just let the case go. In other words, you don't have to plead guilty. Just surrender. 
but he didn't. And so that's completely different from what we have here. The president said he's innocent of all things. And we're not even talking about things that occurred in any criminal fashion or even potentially criminal fashion during this time as president of the United States. This entire thing from beginning to end is absolutely bogus. Absolutely bogus. That's why you get back to, as I said to the president and his team, let's focus now. Let's focus. You cannot be indicted according to the Department of Justice. That's the official position. If Mr. Mueller takes a contrary position, it's Mr. Mueller who's violating the, uh, the policies of the Department of Justice. His appointment is illegitimate because they didn't mention a crime. How many months have we talked about that? And so what's left? What have we been talking about? Mr. Mueller is a special pleader for Jim Comey. Right? You've been listening. Mr. Mueller is a special pleader for Jim Comey. He holds a public position, but he might as well be Jim Comey's private lawyer because this is about getting Trump, knocking him out, because Mueller's very angry that his best friend got fired. And his best friend, while not consulting directly with Mueller, as far as we know, is all over TV making it clear that Mueller knows how pissed off he is at the president of the United States. And Mr. Mueller knows he has nothing on Trump. So what he's doing is crushing everybody around him, intimidating everybody around him, interviewing everybody around them in the campaign, in the transition, in the administration for the purpose of digging, 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 not to find a crime, to find hundreds and hundreds of pieces of information to throw at a busy president of the United States, a busy transition, a busy candidate to trip him up. And my point is and has been, Mr. President, you don't have to submit to this. You don't have to accede to this. Kick him where they need to be kicked. Fight them. The Constitution's on your side. Wrap yourself in it. If the Supreme Court wants to defy the Constitution, we can't control that. We can't control that. And the other day I posted on Facebook and Twitter a question for our good friends in Congress. Where the hell are you? Forget about Lindsey Graham and Jeff Flake and the nut job wing of the Republican Party. Don't you care about the Constitution, the office of the presidency? Where are you? You should be voting in Congress to protect the separation of powers. You should be demanding that Mr. Mueller explain how he can defy the policy of the United States Department of Justice. You should be concerned that while we're facing nukes from Iran, potentially, nukes from the U.K., NK, literally. That the President of the United States is being harassed by a bunch of legal midgets, munchkins, Democrats, who get their jollies destroying people. Instead, they're either silent or they're voting to protect the perpetrator. Tens of millions of people voted for this president. And one by one, they're waking up. And they're very angry. We are very angry. This is about us. This isn't some, you know, bank robbery or embezzlement case. This is a constitutional issue, ladies and gentlemen, where they're trying to unseat a legitimate president. What have I been calling it? 
a silent coup. It's now been regurgitated by the usual backbenchers. But what is it? It's a silent coup. It's always been a silent coup. Silent meaning nonviolent. That's exactly what is taking place. Exactly what is taking place. So the President of the United States should take them on. Not where his, his lawyers saying, what are we going to do? They should talk. Can we limit the quit? Screw it! Mr. Mueller, he should say, through his lawyers. And not Rudy either. Mr. Mueller, give us the bet you got, pal. We'll see you in court. Otherwise, leave me alone. I'll be right back. Levin, the voice the liberals want to silence. But you can talk to Mark at 877-381-3811. By the way, I want to thank uh, WABC for sending their great chief engineer here, my man Dan, who did a splendid job today, absolutely splendid on tightening up the ship here because it needed it, technologically speaking, and uh, it was very generous of them. You know, big news in the last two weeks, Simply Safe won Editor's Choice Awards from CNET Magazine, PC Magazine, and The Wirecutter. Three respected product testers. They put Simply Safe through a battery of tests, compared it to other home security products. Simply Safe won every time. I've been telling you about Simply Safe for a while now. My opinion, it's the best home security system, hands down. They protect over 2 million Americans. This is a home security system you actually want in your home. The sensors are tiny. You won't notice them. It's unbelievably uh, easy to use. You can control it right from your own phone. Here's the most important reason. This isn't some gadget. Now, you see gadgets out there. That's not one of them. This is a comprehensive protection for all your windows, your doors, your entire home. That is your family. 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. Professional alarm monitoring there for you around the clock is just $15 a month. No contracts, no wires. No one else is doing it like this. Cutting-edge technology protecting the entire house. Learn more about how Simply Safe can help protect your home and your family. Just go to simplysafemark.com. This is important. Simplysafemark.com. That's simplysafemark.com. All right, let's jump in. Let's see what we've got going here. Boom, boom, boom. Boom, boom, boom. Boom, boom, boom. Very good. Manuel, McAllen, Texas, on the Mark Levin app. How are you? Doing okay, Mark. Thank you so much for taking my call. It Thank is you, a sir. It's a pleasure to speak with you. Thank you. And it's, uh, I learned so much in while I'm commuting to from work to home. Um, it's like I'm going to college and I'm learning so much about the Constitution when I'm listening to you. So I, Thank you. I appreciate your service to to us, we the people since uh, it appears the Congress is uh, asleep at the wheel. Um, it is so sad. The, this is the time when the president uh, will know who his friends are. Mm-hmm. And it appears the Freedom Caucus uh, people are the, about the only ones that have really been there for him, um, where they actually take notice of uh, the Deputy Assistant uh, Attorney General 
it is uh, frustrating for us. Uh, we share, I speak for, I guess, uh, the remainder of your listeners, um, the frustration to see uh, our president that we all voted for. And uh, I'm over here in McAllen, and mm-hmm. I'm over here. I see, as you could probably see the news, we're in the border. Mm-hmm. I see the crime um, just a few days ago. They caught about five individuals uh, from different other countries, uh, MS-13s, etc. I see the dangers, and yet these politicians that we voted for, they seem to be absent. Manuel, let me ask you a question. You live in McAllen, Texas, right on the border, as you point out. It's getting tougher and tougher there. Uh, do you ever see anybody there from MSNBC or CNN or NBC or ABC or CBS going door to door trying to find out what the situation is there, the crime infestation, the uh, the the incredible cost to taxpayers for you know education and law enforcement and hospitalization? Do they do they show any interest whatsoever? No, none. No, I just see all these all these people that are. Um I guess drunken on, on politics. Uh, just during the time of elections, they uh, they're promoting or whatever they're saying, mm-hmm. but it doesn't matter actions. And for the first no. time in our history, we have seen a president that actually means what he says and says what he means. Isn't that right? It's Absolutely, amazing. it is amazing. Um, and this this uh, judge today, uh, it was a fresh uh, breath of fresh air, mm-hmm. where he actually can tell what's going on. And yet it took this judge to say something. And now let's hope, let's hope, let's hope he puts action behind his words. I'm, I just get, a, you know, just a little caveat there, but I'm with you. Yes, All right, I, my brother, I want to thank you. You, uh, a terrific call and I appreciate it. Let us go to Susan, Dallas, Texas, the great WBAP. Go, please. Hey, it's nice to have another call from uh, Texas, so I appreciate what Emmanuel is saying, especially mm-hmm. since I'm up here by the uh, Home Depot where uh, a policeman was shot um, a week mm-hmm. ago. Uh, it's my neighborhood uh, by yet um, another person from across the border. But mm-hmm. I digress. Mm-hmm. Um, sir, the, you were brilliant last night on Sean Hannity. Absolutely brilliant. And um, your persona was just professional and right on, and I appreciate that very Thank much. You. you speak truth. As far as the judge today, I was shocked and amazed that finally someone with judicial authority had the guts to finally say what is correct, to speak Mm -hmm. the truth, and to verbalize what all of us are thinking and the frustration of the American people. This is unprecedented. I'm 62 years old. I've never, ever seen anything like this in my life. I voted for Trump, and I am sickened, and I'm embarrassed for our country in front of the world because they know that uh, Hillary and Rosenstein and Soros, they know they're all criminals. They know what they've done. And they're watching this parade around. It's a laughing stock. It's a humiliation. But more than that, it is against our country's laws. It is against the moral fiber 
on which this country was built, and I'm outraged by the situation, and hope right. to goodness the judge follows through. Me too. There's the bottom line, isn't it? Susan, thanks so much for your excellent call. I appreciate it. Bill, Bristol, Tennessee, the great W-O-K-I. Go. Mark, God bless you, and God bless that judge today. And by the way, I know where Bristol, Tennessee is, right there across from Bristol, Virginia. you got a great little McDonald's there, as I recall. Right, and you can walk down the center of town and be half in one state and half in the Half and the other. But you got Tennessee doesn't have a state income tax, does it? No, it doesn't. Well, I would be all in Tennessee if it were me. Okay, today the judge uh, said he wanted to see an unredacted version of this uh, scope of authority letter. Mm -hmm. My question, my question is basically this: How do we know there's anything under the black in that redacted letter he saw today? I mean, let's explain to the people at home. Basically, a a redacted document is one where you see writing, and then where they redact it, you see lines of black across the page. No, 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 sir, sir, sir. He wants to see a copy of the original without any any adjustments whatsoever, and he he will. See the the original. Excuse me? What What my point is this. He saw a copy today. A redacted copy. He will only lines. get a copy. I'm, sir, I'm telling you how it works, so we don't spend three minutes on nonsense. He will get a copy of the original that is in the possession of the United States Department of Justice. You sure? Sure of what? These people are, these people are so unscrupulous. Well, let's, let's play your game for a second. So he doesn't. Then what does he do? I'm sorry. What was that question? Okay, let's say you're right. Then what does the judge do? Well, he has to then say, well, it looks like you've got the authority to do what you want. No, he doesn't have to say that at all. He can say the opposite. All right, I'm throwing the case out. Thanks for your call. I'm not following it, quite frankly. Josh, Savannah, Georgia, the great WTKS. Go. Thanks again for taking my call, Mark. So my question is this. You know, once the judge throws this out, what are the Dems going to do next? All right, slow down. He hasn't thrown it out yet, has he? No, no, but, you know, we all know this is all baseless. You know, I watch these Supreme Court arguments and these justices say X, Y, Z, and then the next thing you know, you lose a Kennedy or, or Roberts or something like that. The judge hasn't ruled yet. The judge has spoken. I hope he rules as he speaks. Well, let's say, While you're let's saying say, not once the judge throws it out, if he throws it out, then the Democrats will be scheming again. Is that your point? Yes. I mean, are we going to do this for the next three years and then after maybe? Well, what, or who's going to do what? Are the, the Dems just going to keep creating more stuff to bring up investigations, yes. find everything? Yes. Why, why? Well, then why can't the Republican Party stand up for our president? Because they elected? stink. That's why. This is, like you said earlier, the people have Josh, where's up. Mitch McConnell today? I'm sorry? Where's Mitch McConnell today? I'm probably on vacation. Only time he's on TV is when there's a softball interview. Is he ever on TV to take tough questions? I'm asking you the truth. Is he? No, never. Is he ever on TV defending the President of the United States in a way that is, that is uh, I mean, that goes more than three minutes? No, never. There's where Mitch McConnell is. Meanwhile, apparently his in-laws are making a boatload of money, and uh, that's not tongue-in-cheek with the uh, Chinese government. Yeah, and, and, you know, this is everything that's... Now, who's been saying that guy should be defeated for the last ten years? Uh 
You know, I don't know. Somebody needs to, you know, run. And, and by the way, your buddy uh, Isaacson over there in Georgia, he's a, he's gotten so bad it's not even funny. Uh, yeah, we've got our own problems definitely here in Georgia, and hopefully, with our with the elections coming up, Bill, stuff will change. <laughs> All right, man. Well, have a good weekend. Okay, we'll be right back. Mark Lovin. just around the corner and while brunches are being booked and trips are being planned there are a lot of us who won't be able to make it to celebrate with mom unfortunately with 1-800-Flowers.com distance doesn't mean anything because you can still brighten her day with a beautiful bouquet and right now when you get ahead of the Mother's Day rush 1-800-Flowers is a special limited time offer for you save up to 40% of select bouquets Arrangements and other gifts that mom is guaranteed to love. This limited time offer ends today. That means in a few hours. So order right now. Just pick your delivery date and 1-800-Flowers will handle the rest. Don't put it off. It ends in a few hours today. Order right now from 1-800-Flowers.com. It's what mom would want you to do. To save up to 40% of select bouquets, arrangements, and other Mother's Day gifts, go to 1-800-Flowers.com, click the radio icon, and enter the code Levin, so you can get that 40% off. That's Levin. 1-800-Flowers.com, code L-E-V-I-N. Order today. Save at 1-800-Flowers.com, code Levin. Offer expires in a few hours. I'm not, I'm not joking about this. 1-800-Flowers.com. Hit the radio icon, enter code Levin. All right. We have a full hour to go. But let's end this hour, this segment, on an uptone here. Go ahead, Mr. Producer. While the storm clouds gather far across the sea, let us swear allegiance to a land that's free.
deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. President of the United States today gave a very, very powerful speech, very powerful speech about the Second Amendment. Among other things, he said, of course, your rights come from God, not from government, which makes him very different from the left, who believe your rights come from them. Because they play God. I think we should listen to a little bit of this. I wasn't going to, but now I'm in the mood. I'm in a good mood. Are you in a good mood? Let's get in a good mood. What do you say? Let's get in a good mood. Let's start with cut 13, Mr. Producer, the president at the NRA convention. Go ahead. You give your time, your energy, your vote, and your voice to stand strong for those sacred rights given to us by God, including the right to self-defense. And now, thanks to your activism and dedication, you have an administration fighting to protect your Second Amendment, and we will protect your Second Amendment. Your Second Amendment rights are under siege, but they will never, ever be under siege as long as I'm your president. 14, go. We're here today because we recognize a simple fact. The one thing that has always stood between the American people and the elimination of our Second Amendment rights has been conservatives in Congress willing to fight for those rights. And we're fighting. We're fighting. We're fighting to defend our freedom. We need the people in Washington to support our freedom, to support our candidates, to support Ted, to support the people that have to raise their hand. You know, they say we have a majority. We have what? A majority of one person? That's not really a majority. We need Republicans to do it right, to get the kind of things we want. We've got to get Republicans elected. We've got to do great in 18. 15, go. We all know what's going on in Chicago. But Chicago has the toughest gun laws in our country. They're so tough. But you know what's happening. It seems that if we're going to outlaw guns, like so many people want to do, Democrats, you better get out and vote. Then we will get out. And you know what I'm going to say. We are going to have to outlaw immediately all vans and all trucks which are now the new form of death for the maniac terrorists, right? They take a truck and they run over eight people and wound 60, like what happened in New York and what just happened. It's happening all over. So let's ban 
immediately. All trucks, all vans, maybe all cars. How about cars? Let's not sell any more cars. 16, go. I recently read a story that in London, which has unbelievably tough gun laws, a once very prestigious hospital, right in the middle, is like a war zone for horrible stabbing wounds. Yes, that's right. They don't have guns. They have knives. And instead, there's blood all over the floors of this hospital. They say it's as bad as a military war zone hospital. Knives, knives, knives. London hasn't been used to that. They're getting used to it. It's pretty tough. Cut 17, go. We have the worst immigration laws anywhere in the world, but I'll tell you what. It's not easy for people to come in, I will tell you. It's not. But we have the worst laws. After years of defending the borders of other countries, we go into wars with other countries. We shouldn't be there. We go into wars to defend their borders. We don't defend our own borders. And we're going to start defending our country. We're going to start defending our borders. You've all seen on television, all over the papers, the illegal migrants pouring up through Mexico, flooding the border, many from Central America, Honduras, all over the place, coming up by the thousands. We're stopping them at different fronts, but we don't have laws. We have laws that were written by people that truly could not love our country. Man, what a speech, huh? Cut 18, go. Illegal immigration must end. Illegal immigration must end. We are going to have strong borders. I will tell you, we have maxed out every law. We are going to have truly strong and we're going to take people into our country but they're going to come in based on merit not based on picking somebody out of a bin we are not going to let our country be overwhelmed and we're going to demand congress secure the border in the upcoming cr it's going to be very soon going to be very soon In recent months, Democratic lawmakers have voted against legislation to close deadly immigration loopholes, like catch and release. How about that one? We caught them. Oh, release them. Bye-bye. Welcome to America. Welcome to America. That's what we have. (laughs) 19, go. We're signing that horrible deal, and they're marching in the streets saying death to America. I said, who signs a deal when they're marching saying death to America? Who marches? They're saying death to America. And we have the former administration as as represented by John Kerry. Not the best negotiator we've ever seen. He never walked away from the table. Except to be in that bicycle race where he fell and broke his leg. That's it. That was the only time. 
I said, don't tell him you broke your leg. Just stay inside. Say you don't want to negotiate. You'll make a much better deal. But he broke his leg. And I learned from that. At 73 years old, you never go into a bicycle race, okay? Just that. He's, he's got a lot of charisma. He really does. Now, you spoke of Iran. I have a message from Iran. <laughs> Excuse me. I have a message for Iran as well. Iran, which still keeps threatening us. Ready? The Marines! needed to get uh, a little pumped up around here. Let us try Tom Kalamazoo, Michigan on the Mark Levin app. How are you, Tom? I, I'm good, Mark. Thanks for taking the call. I, I you know, I'm, I'm as pissed as you and everybody else about how they're treating Manafort and uh, they're picking on a citizen like that. It's outrageous. You, I've been, I listened to you last February and I wasn't going to call in until you played that music. I, I have a son graduating from the Naval Academy in about three weeks. Wow, that's wonderful. And well, it's all on him. He he's done a heck of a job, and he goes to Pensacola for flight training in the fall. And I thank God that he's going to have a couple of years with a real leader. And I I hope and pray, and I'm working hard that he gets the rest of his time with the Navy with a real leader, real commander in chief. Uh, no, you're right. And give a, give him our best, and we salute you and him and your family. God bless you. Brian, Sunnyvale, California, the great KSFO. You know, Brian, I used to live in Sunnyvale. Did you know that? I heard that. You talked about Stan's Donuts in the past. Stan's Donuts, the best donuts in the world as far as I'm concerned. Did they put a little plaque honoring me on my front yard out there? Do you know? (laughs) I don't know. I can go by and check. All right. Go right ahead. So uh, in the early 90s, I believe it was Boris Yeltsin, when there was going to be some coup uh, in the in the, in Russia or USSR when they were overturning it, and Boris Yeltsin said, "No, no, no, we cannot have a coup. You have to go through the proper channels mm-hmm. to get rid get, to get rid of the previous leader, even though he was going to be the next leader. Kind of everybody knew that, but he didn't mm-hmm. support kind of what the Democrats are trying to do here uh, today. But, but I wanted to get your comment. No, on. I think you're right. The Democrats are more Soviet, aren't they, than they are uh, Yeltsin Democrat Russian." <laughs> Uh, and I'm quite serious. They have a an old Soviet mentality with a Solinsky strategy. They are they are detestable. And I'm going to prove it to you. What's that? It, it's underhanded, and it's not um, it's not the uh, civil society that you that you always talk about. Listen to this, and thanks for your call. Excellent call. There's a piece in the Hill newspaper by Melanie Zanz. Whatever. Five ways Democrats could fight Trump if they win the House. Apart from impeachment, they got it all set up. One of the top priorities for Democrats, according to congressional observers, would be to use their subpoena power to obtain a trove of potentially revealing and sensitive documents from the Trump administration. On top of the list, getting their hands on the president's tax returns. You hear this? 
They want documents related to interim security clearances in the White House, the federal response to hurricanes last year, the deadly ambush in Niger, and communication between administration officials and corporate lobbyists, among other things. Uh, They want to subpoena the records of Deutsche Bank related to Trump and Russia. It goes on and on. Investigations. Trump administration is already facing several from GOP-led committees, including inquiries on agency travel habits and so forth and so on. But the White House probes are only expected, excuse me, are unexpected to pile up if Democrats control the House. They're only, the the English, the, the writing here is very second grade. In other words, they're going to increase them. They could investigate sexual harassment and misconduct allegations against Trump. Look what, they, look what they're getting ready to do, which surfaced during the campaign but have been put back in the spotlight following the Me Too movement. Democrats have called for a probe into whether Trump violated any ethics or campaign finance laws regarding hush money payment to adult film actress Stormy Daniels. This is what you're going to get if they win the House or the Senate. They could also reopen the House probe into Russian interference in this 2016 presidential election, possible connections to the Trump campaign. This keeps going. Hearings. In addition to investigations, Democrats could also hold hearings designed to put the Trump administration in the hot seat. They could use their subpoena powers to force Trump officials to testify in front of Congress, where they could face public grillings on a wide array of topics and conversations and controversies. Impeachment, of course. While Democratic leaders have largely tamped down calls to impeach Trump, possibility is undoubtedly on the top of the president's mind. So it's now in the president's mind. That's why it matters. The agenda. Democrats could also use the control of the House to stymie Trump's legislative agenda. While they would be unlikely to get many of their own legislative priorities signed into law, they could play some serious defense by blocking Trump's priorities and goes on and on and on. See, they're not interested in... Bipartisanship here. We all get along just fine here. Or Orrin Hatch is going to open a center for bipartisanship or something in Utah. We're up against radical Marxist leftists who do not believe in shared government. And they really never have. So the point is, you see what they want to do. Further try and destroy the country if they don't get their way. We are at a pivotal point, folks. This is a pivotal point. And, of course, we, we have the, uh, the Benedict Arnolds among, among us, too, in the Republican Party. And that's why they're never united. You know, the base is the biggest part of the Republican Party, the conservative base. In fact, conservatism is the biggest philosophical element in our society. And yet we're treated like uh, we're the, uh, the reptiles at the zoo. Eh, I don't look at them. Where's the panda bear? Uh, and so that's how they govern. So they've got their plans. They're, they're very cocky right now, the Democrats. They feel they have the president on the run. They have the uh, Jim Comey special pleader, a.k.a. Mueller out there, uh, chasing, uh, chasing Trump world as much as he can, as far as he can. Uh, they're already, uh, they have designs for when they control the House and potentially the Senate. I guarantee you they've already uh, uh, worked on their impeachment charges. And they have this whole agenda, this whole agenda. Who do we have to fear more right now? Any foreign power or the Democrats? I would argue the Democrats are far more dangerous right now than any foreign power to this republic. We'll be right back. Lovin.
fact checker of the left. Call him now at 877-381-3811. You know, my listener was in deep with back taxes to the IRS, roughly 15 grand and he couldn't pay. Just a matter of time until they garnished his wages and seized his bank accounts. Umpteen times he heard me mention Optima Tax Relief and how Optima knows that behind every tax problem are good people with families, homes, savings, and paychecks that need protection. And umpteen times he started a call and then he didn't. Finally he did. It was the best call he could have made. The tax experts at Optima qualified him for the Fresh Start Initiative, a special IRS program that saved him thousands and put his tax debt to rest. Optima has resolved over a half a billion dollars in tax debt for their clients, and they're A-plus rated with the Better Business Bureau. When you're ready to put your IRS crisis behind you, one call can start the process to solve it all. Call my trusted friends at Optima Tax Relief at 800-499-6300. 800-499-6300. That's 800-499-6300. It's a pleasure to have on the program Ainsley Earhart. Of Fox and Friends. How are you, Ainsley? Hey, Mark. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. It's a pleasure to have you on the program. You have a fabulous book here. Thank uh, you. And it's about you, your life, and your religion. <laughs> and um, let me ask you a question. Were you always a faithful Christian? Well, I grew up... I, I, I don't want to jump into personal life. I mean, you know what I mean, a person who, who practices faith. Well, yes, I always grew up in a church, and grew, we went to church every Sunday. And if we spent the night out on Saturday night, you know, Mark, remember, I grew up in South Carolina, so everyone, it's culturally the thing to do. Everyone goes to church. And so if you spent the night out, you either went to church with them or your parents picked you up, and, you know, they took you to church, and they took everyone in the house who was spending the night to church. Everyone was just in church on Sundays. And so um, I grew up in a very formal Christian home. It was a, we were Episcopalians and we were Lutherans, which is similar to the Catholic Church. So um, when I went to college, I just hung hung around some Christians that were really really strong Christians, and I'd grown up with some of those, and I wanted what they had, and so I just. Um, I, I was seeking that at that point in my life, and I was tired of living, you know, one foot in and one foot out. So that's how my life changed. I was at a fraternity party, believe it or not, and I just looked around the room, and I was sick of it. I was tired of living that, and I wanted more, and I wanted what some of my friends had that were always doing the right thing and made really good decisions. And, you know, when you're a girl and you're in college, you're, you know, especially in the South, um, it might not be PC to say, but you're you're looking for someone to spend the rest of your life with. Many girls are. And so you look around the room and you think, these aren't exactly the men that I want to father my children and I want to go to, that will take me to church on Sundays. I was just tired of that. And so I I wanted more. And so I just said, I'm sick of this and God, I don't know what I'm doing and I don't know how to pray for more, but I'm going to try. And, and then you went from that into the media. A lot of people think the media are kind of anti-religious. Well, so I wanted to be an actress, and Mom and Dad really didn't support that. They, I mean, they allowed, I did theater and that kind of thing, but I said, I want to move to L.A., I want to move to New York, and, you know, in South Carolina, that is so bizarre, and it's not, not within the realm of poss- possibility. So I... 
I majored in broadcasting. I started off in biology and then switched because I kind of fell back into what I was felt like I was created to do. So I eventually got to New York, which is, I feel like, by the grace of God, I did lots of local news stations and then ended up in New York. And it was kind of, I, I feel like that was, I still wanted to be in the entertainment field. I wanted to be on TV or on the stage. I, I just felt like that's, that's what I was created to do. What is it like working, seriously, with Steve Ducey? And Brian Kilmey, they seem to be a blast. You all seem to have very good chemistry together. Tell tell us seriously. I know my audience is curious. They're so much fun. I mean, Steve, they're such good guys. Steve is such a family man, and two of his kids, two of his three kids, work at Fox. He's a really great guy. He loves his wife. He goes home and spends time with his family. Brian is on the soccer field coaching his kids. He goes to every. I mean, his kids are really great athletes, so he travels with his kids every weekend. He's written so many books. He has a, you know, he's like you, Mark. He has a million books, and they're all successful, and uh, I really admire those guys. They've been on the show for more than 20 years, so I'm the newbie. I'll be, I think I'm celebrating three years in in February, so I've been at Fox for 12 years, and um, I got this job, and it is just my dream job, and I love those guys, and I look to them. Um, just to guide me and lead me because they've done this job for so long. But I also think we just are a good fit. We bring different things to the table, and we're all from different parts of the country. So it just works well. I really love them, and I love my job, and I'm so grateful, and Fox has been good to me, and all my dreams have come true. Now, you're a, uh, a single parent mother. How am I trying to put this? It's you and your child, right? Well, no. I'm, I, so I got divorced from my first husband, and I write about that in, in the book. Mm-hmm. So I was married to a guy I met in college, my college sweetheart, and that, you know, we moved around the country, and it was tough, and um, I go into a little bit of detail about it in the book, but um, I've moved on from that, and I married another guy, and we have a baby together, or I say a baby. She's a toddler. She's two and a half. And our little girl, her name's Hayden, and we're raising her in New York City. My husband's in finance, and, um, you know, obviously I'm, I'm in the television industry, and we're just taking one day to Boy, I got that it. wrong, didn't I? I apologize. <laughs> That's okay. You were right. I mean, if you, you know, if, yeah, I, I've, I've had some, some um, ups Yeah, no, I read, I read that part, yep. Yeah, I'm honest about it in the book, and people mm-hmm. say when they read the book, the one thing they come away from reading the book is you're honest and you're real and I just feel like that's who I am and that's who I want to be because I, I'm i not pretending to be someone else you know I think those days are gone reality television is, is so popular and I don't want to be anything that I'm not I, my journey is to show people God and the light within me and um, just to be honest and real. I'm now, not but, and, but you like California. You're from South Carolina. You work in New York, and you like California. I do. I know. Well, I just love America. <laughs> Last night, I, I emceed the Tunnel to Towers Foundation. Oh, that's a great group. Yep. Oh, my gosh, Mark. They're so amazing. And they play these videos of our first responders that have died fighting for this country, you know, out there on the streets, doing the best that they can. 
And the guy who started this organization, his brother died in 9-11, and he was a firefighter, and he tried to get through the tunnel. He wasn't on duty that night, and they wouldn't allow him to go through the tunnel. So he put his gear on his back. He ran through the tunnel and ran to the towers. And so the room was filled with people. The Delta CEO was there. The CEO and the founders of Home Depot were there. And I went around and got to talk to them. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm this girl from South Carolina. Home Depot and Delta and the CEOs of these big companies that make tons of money, they are here in this room with us with all these first responders, and they're giving back. And they pay for the mortgages of our of our first responders who have fallen um, serving our country or serving our cities. And they also pay for um, military who have lost their limbs. And so they played all these videos with the music and um, the dispatchers calling mm-hmm. out and saying that this person or that person has, has been shot. And to watch those mm-hmm. videos and to see the footage of their bodies being taken Horrible. out of their cars, it's awful. Yeah. But, you know, it was a good reminder of what people go through to make sure our country doesn't turn into a Syria or a North Korea. And it's a, just a beautiful reminder of what these individuals do. They put our country first, above their kids, above their wives, above now, their let me, Now, let me ask you this before we run out of time. Sorry. You've obviously been a journalist. What is the, what is the, the, the biggest story that remains in your mind during your career as a journalist? Let me put it that way. I mean, other than being on this show, of course. <laughs> I know. Oh, my gosh. Probably probably interviewing a sitting president when I stepped back. And I, I remember when Tony Snow passed away. Oh, my Lord. My yep. And President Bush, 41, and Barbara Bush, they called into the show. And I was anchoring that morning on Fox and Friends. And they called in and they said, we're, we, did, we didn't know he passed away, and we're learning this by watching Fox and Friends. And I remember thinking, I'm this girl from South Carolina, and um, this is amazing. I'm talking to the president, former president of the United States and his wife, and they're getting the news by watching this show that I'm on. And they're only, if you think about it, Mark, they're, I mean, you've, you've been in this profession for so long. You're, you know, you're so famous and everyone knows who you are. And I'm sure you have these moments when you think like, how did this happen to me? But if you think about it, like there is one female, two females now on NBC for the morning show, one on CBS, one on ABC, one on CNN and one on Fox. And these are the networks Mm -hmm. and our cable network is the number one in the morning show. And that's my show. Mm-hmm. And not because of me, I really, I really just think God is living inside of me, and He gets the credit for it. But I mean, how amazing is that? I'm, you know, I came from a middle class family, and my dad put himself through college, and his goal was to put us through college, and he gave up his dream of coaching so that he could make money to pay for our school. And now I'm living my dream, and that's what America is about. Well, that I think is the key. That it's a very, very inspirational book. It's a very inspiration. It's a very beautiful book. I mean, you have beautiful Bible passages in here, too. We have a very, very large audience. Many of our folks are, are religious and faithful people, and I think they're going to be very interested in this Ainsley Earhart, an inspirational memoir, The Light Within Me. Very, very wonderfully well done, and we wish you all the best. And ladies and gentlemen, 
It's on all our social sites. You can get it on Amazon. We're linking. I would go get it right now. Are you, going, are you having a book signing anytime soon? I am. I'm having one in New Jersey at Books and Greetings, which is in, um, it's in New Jersey. And what's the name of the city? I'm sorry. I don't have a Books and Greetings. No, we can Books Google it. And, yeah. It's um, 1 o'clock on Sunday. And then next Friday, I'll be back in South Carolina. I did two book signings there last weekend, and South Carolina is obviously where I'm from. My sister lives in Charleston, so I'm doing one in Mount Pleasant, which is right outside of Charleston, and that will be at Barnes & Noble. Well, where, where are these listed? Are they listed somewhere? They're on all my social social media, Instagram, right. Twitter. Let, let's, let's link to that, Mr. Producer, on Mark Levin Show Facebook, Mark Levin Show Twitter. Now, Ainsley Earhart, you're going to see what a big audience can do. Mark, so we I want love to, you. I've known. I don't know if you remember, but when we were years Sean ago, had his yep. years ago. Yep. We were in Las Vegas doing the Sean Hannity when he was giving all the money to the soldiers. Yep. And um, you're an amazing person, and I just I've listened wow. to you for so long, and thank you for all that you do. Well, thank you, and God bless you, and be well. We really appreciate it. I have some strong big news from PM Capital. They know when it comes to retirement, most of us want to make sure. We have the means to travel and see more of this great country. That's why for a very limited time, PM Capital is giving away an exclusive $2,500 travel saving card with all gold and silver purchases over 5000 bucks. You heard me correctly. This is a big deal, and it won't be there forever. Trust me. You'll receive a free $2,500 travel savings card when you purchase over $5,000 worth of gold or silver from PM Capital. So not only will you have the solid investment of precious metals, you'll be on your way to receiving substantial savings on hotel stays across the country. So call PM Capital right now. Place your order before it's too late. Call 877-382-2503. That's 1-877-382-2503, 877-382-2503, or visit mytravelcard.gold. That's mytravelcard.gold. Remember the book, The Light Within Me. It is linked on our sites. You can get it directly at Amazon.com. She is great. You're going to love this book. We'll be right back. Okay, don't forget to grab a copy of Ainsley Earnhardt's The Light Within Me. It's a beautiful book. I think you'll really, really enjoy it. Get it on Amazon.com or go to Mark Levin Show Facebook, Mark Levin Show Twitter. Also, this Sunday, oh my Lord, 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific, three of us, me, Dan Bongino, Joe DeGenova, we will settle this. It's an unusual show for life, liberty, and Levin, but I hope you'll join us or DVR it. You know it's always good. It's worth it. 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. And, of course, don't forget Levin TV. We are ubiquitous.
salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel. Good night, Spritey. Good night, Griffey. Good night, Pepsi. Good night, Smokey. And good night, Zelda. Get Al Qaeda. Get the Taliban. Get Hamas. Get ISIS. Get all those bastards. And by the way, Sunday, I'll see you there. All of us, our beautiful big community, 10 p.m. Eastern. Life, Liberty, and Levin. Have a wonderful weekend. God bless you.